and podcast audio is here. Uh, 2020, it has been a situation. Maddie Stump is back on the program on the social distance wing of the wine cellar. Teresa's wine cellar, we believe all oppression is intersectional. And this means our analysis of current events frequently includes discussion of difficult and explicit content. Any combination of the following topics could be included in our show. Murder, rape, war, climate change, racism, sexism, violence, sexual violence, homophobic violence, heterocentrism, discrimination and abuse against individuals of nonconformist sexuality, domestic violence, child abuse, child rape, child neglect, elderly abuse, verbal abuse, police brutality, microaggressions, ableism, cyberbullying, genital mutilation, ideological extremism, and people just being total fucking assholes. Yeah, so um, this Friday is November 20th. Um, which is also known as Transgender Day of Remembrance, uh, Transgender Day of uh, Resistance, Transgender Day of Resilience, um, some combination thereof. So what I wanted to come on today for is to talk about Trans Day of Remembrance as well as um, Trans Week of Awareness, um, which is the week leading up to it, and kind of what it means to acknowledge um, Trans Day of Remembrance, to recognize so I should probably explain what Trans Day of Remembrance is first and foremost. So Trans Day of Remembrance was founded in 1999 um, to honor the life of a woman, a transgender woman, um, Gwendolyn Ann Smith, um, and to memorialize her murder um, specifically. So the day uh, Trans Day of Remembrance is an annual commemoration, um, an annual remembrance um, to remember the lives um, of trans people who have been murdered because of transgender or transphobic violence. So that's a brief description of what it is. Um, I've seen it I've seen it honored in a lot of different ways over the last several years. Um, and I just kind of wanted to come on and talk about we'll talk about a couple of different things. Um, talk about what to or how to honor um, Trans Day of Remembrance, how to honor trans people year round, because we're always talking about how um, uh, marginalized communities should be recognized um, year round, not just on, um, for example, Trans Day of Remembrance or on uh, Black History Month or um, uh, Latinx. Um, or Latinx next uh is it cultural history month i think is this month something like that um so to to honor trans people um year round in this in this circumstance so trans day of remembrance is frequently um when, when it's when it's talked about in national circumstances it's often talked about as this this event to remember um people who've been murdered for transphobic violence but often particularly what these national conversations and what these uh what many local conversations in in um in majority white um communities and spaces is that they talk about transphobic violence and then they completely 
ignore or miss that the people who are most impacted by by transphobic violence, which results in murder, um, are are um, black, Lat Latine, um, indigenous, trans women and femmes, um, not trans folks in general. Um, so that's that's one of the things that that I really want to bring greater attention to is that when we're talking about transphobic violence, what needs to be centered, um, who needs to be centered are um, Black, Latine, Indigenous, trans women and femmes, particularly those who are um, uh, migrants and sex workers who experience the brunt of, of, of transphobic violence. Um, so recognizing beside transphobia, um, you know, racism and colonialism and whorephobia and misogyny and capitalism um, as forces of violence that result in these murders, not just transphobia. Yeah, so like, for instance, I've seen, um, I think CLAD, I think it was just a couple years ago, uh, one of those big LGBT organizations had had a had an advertisement for um, Trans Day of Remembrance, and they had like a white trans guy who was from Wealth um, as their like spokesperson of their like advertising um, individual, and that just speaks to how um, Trans Day of Remembrance um, in in many different spaces can lose sight of who is most impacted by. Um, by the, by the brunt of, of transphobic violence. Lord forgive me for my sins, I know it's last minute. Spin the chronic in the air, a little hash in it. Spread my wings if only I could fly. Why fight to live, homie, if we live in the dark, live in the dark. Lord forgive me for my sins, I know it's last minute. Spin the chronic in the air, a little hash in it. Spread my wings if only I could fly. Why fight to live, homie, if we live in the dark. kind of also goes into um, what's called bathroom bills, which is um, another circumstance of how, you know, when we talk about transphobic violence, we often talk about like bathroom bills and conversion therapy, and that's like what gets the majority of the attention. And yes, those things are bad and they need to have attention um, attributed to them, but things that are also bad and affect um, more multiply marginalized trans folks that don't get nearly the same amount of attention are like housing and employment discrimination and um, rampant homelessness and housing insecurity, um, sex work as the um, only or most accessible form of employment for many um, trans folks, um, frequent drug and alcohol use as common within trans communities, um, cops assuming that trans women of color are sex workers because of stereotypes about um, particularly about Black trans women in particular. Um, uh, trans folks not having access to homeless shelters, not access to 
um, homeless shelters, which are safe for them. Um, trans prisoners being placed in exceptionally unsafe conditions, um, as in um, placing trans women in men's prisons and trans men in, in women's prisons and non-binary folks all over the place um, in unsafe conditions or else um, in complete isolation um, in, in prisons, which is, you know, brings its own problems. And um, talking about trans immigrants um, being stuck in detention centers because no one will house them and let them out of these detention centers. So just so many problems that are affecting multiply marginalized trans folks that don't get nearly the same amount of attention as these um, bathroom bills or to a lesser extent um, conversion therapy is another example that predominantly affects um, you know white wealthy um, quote-unquote passing um, trans people trans people who uh, passing meaning trans people who are who appear to the majority of people to be cisgender um, which is to say not transgender um, men or women. Yeah, so that, that's kind of some of my first points. And then um, just kind of bring attention to, you know, um, trans, trans Day of Remembrance is, or has been historically a day to remember trans, trans folks that we've lost, um, a majority Black, Latin, um, Indigenous, um, trans, trans women and femmes in particular. Um, and in the last uh, several years, um, a greater attention has been placed on what, what I mentioned at the beginning, uh, Trans Day of Remembrance, or sorry, Trans Day of Resistance, um, Trans Day of Resilience, which is to say, bringing attention to folks, um, especially trans folks of color, um, who are not only um, surviving, but thriving. So not only focusing on, on, you know, focusing on their work and their passions, um, some of the some of the organizations that immediately come to mind are um, Trans Women of Color Collective, um, No Justice, No Pride, um, two organizations that are among many that are um, led by um, just fantastic. Uh, uh, I think both are both are led by Black trans women in particular. Um, um, bring bring attention to the fact that you know we should be remembering and honoring. Um, uh, trans folks, trans folks of color, um, trans women of color, trans femmes of color, um, while they're still alive, um, and not just um, naming their names after they've passed, after they've been murdered. Um, These niggas wanna see me, cause of the way I shine, but it ain't that easy. around my clique, cause just a year ago a nigga ain't have shit, me and my right hand shared the same outfit, which fueled the fire that I had the game out with, it's amazing the way that boy came out quick, for that platinum niggas to blow your brain out shit, I'm the new nigga the others can't stand, the rubber band band be goddamn if I can, let another nigga feel my spot, if a nigga still for me it's a steal I pop, I'm on my grind, so if you thought I chill I'm not, yeah. So, I mean, another problem with um, a lot of these national conversations about Trans Day of Remembrance, uh, memorials or remembrances in predominantly white communities is that they frequently, 
yeah, they they will they will frequently have you know naming you know they, they will name um, trans people who've been murdered over the past year, um, and the the conversations will be led by um, you know white trans folks um, frequently, and so I mean another another part that's important is is like when. Um, you know, conversations around Trans Day of Remembrance or or anything related to trans people. It needs to be, um, you know, Black, Latin, Indigenous, um, trans folks, trans women and femmes um, who are hired as in paid um, to lead these conversations on on um, topics related to trans people and not just, um, you know, yet another wealthy white um, trans person. Um, and what was the other point I wanted to make? Oh, that um, it's 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 interesting talking to people in terms of who, um, like if, if they know of trans people, whether they know of trans people through people such as um, Janet Mock and Laverne Cox um, versus um, people like uh, Caitlyn Jenner. So talking about... Um, how it's important to have um, media representations of of the multitude of, of trans experiences, and not just focus on um, you know specific, more privileged um, subsets of the trans community, um, and to you know have that be centered in, in in all work that we do that relates to trans people. That that we need to be centering. Um, things such as I mentioned before, other than bathroom bills and conversion therapy, um, that affect the most marginalized or the multiply marginalized people within the trans community, um, that will make things better for the whole population of trans people and not just certain or individual or the most privileged, um, among, among trans folks. Yeah, that's, that's kind of some of my thoughts on how to, um, recognize Trans Day of Remembrance, Trans Day of Resistance, Trans Day of um, Resilience, um, and to extend that beyond a single day a year. Yeah. And um, and if folks are tuned in live, uh, we don't get a lot of callers, but if someone does want to call in and you happen to be looking at the Facebook live or you're hearing the Blog Talk Radio live, that is uh, 347 857-3937. Uh, we put it in a post, one of those sort of meme style images, and it is in the comment. And once more, 347-857-3937. A British accent will prompt you to press the number one, which will give me an on-screen notification that you would like to ask a question. Yeah, so... Um, the other thing, you know, given the given the um, context of um, One Solar Media, is I thought I'd look back at some of the stuff that's happened over the last few months um, that relates to the trans community and um, what's what's been going on here in the U.S. Um, related to trans folks. And I noticed that one thing that just happened recently, that just in the past week, was that um, an organization called Glitz. Um, uh, gays and lesbians living in a transgender society um, is in Queens, um, in New York City. They, um, the organization purchased 
a, a housing complex that is specifically by and for um, trans folks. I think particularly black trans folks. Um, the information is there's only I could only find two articles and it was kind of um, limited, unfortunately. But um, it seems like a really amazing um, opportunity to limit uh, homelessness and housing insecurity among trans folks, uh, which, as I mentioned, is very, very frequent um, because of housing and employment discrimination. Um, and yeah, so there's that in Queens. And um, earlier this year, there was also, I don't have the article in front of me right now, but there is um, a section of housing in the uh, Tenderloin, the Tenderloin district in, uh, in California, um, which was purchased to be um, housing specifically for trans folks as well. So there, there's like, there's, um, there's pockets of um, organizations around the U.S. that are that are specifically focusing or focusing on multiple things usually, but um, that are doing work. They're doing really important work um, to make sure that that trans folks have um, housing. And Glitz is kind of the most um, recent example of that. And then let's see what else do I got here. Oh, that's not loading. Let's go to the next one. Um, yeah, so um, I found a great article um, that kind of explains for folks who are interested in learning some more about um, Trans Day of Remembrance and the history of it and how it's being, um, how to respectfully recognize the event um, as someone who is or isn't trans. Um, I found an article by uh, Jamie Anderson, um, Hedrum um, Nasiri, and um, a collection of other individuals. Um, which is by, let's see, it's at the um, Graduate Students Association, University of Calgary. So if you want to look that up, it's a great um, article written um, just in, just recently um, this year about trans movement. So I highly recommend checking that one out. Um, there is also, ah, uh, yes, the um, earlier in this year, there were... Um, there were uh, two legal battles um, relating to trans folks um, at the Supreme Court. There was one um, with the, let's see, it was in June, um, the Department of Health and Human Services um, redefined sex uh, within non the non-discrimination clause in the Affordable Care Act, meaning that um, it no longer includes trans folks or pregnant folks actually for that matter. Um, they redefined it to mean um, that trans folks and pregnant folks are no longer um, explicitly covered um, under the ACA's non-discrimination non clause, which sucks, but um, it is technically... Um, what's the phrase non-operable is the word that comes to mind basically it's what they call dead on arrival the the um the cases the the um the changing of the definition of sex because of another court um case at the u.s supreme court that happened um just a couple of days before the um the trump um statement on the redefinition of sex under the aca 
which was about um, projections for um, uh, discrimination in the workplace on the basis of sex, which was extended to um, gay and transgender people, um, which means that, that because sex was redefined by the Supreme Court to include gay and transgender people um, in, in cases of uh, employment discrimination, but that means that the um, Trump statement that was a few days later around the ACA um, is is null. It's um, it's not applicable. It, it, like it's it's still on the on the on the books or however you want to phrase it. It's still um, a part of the ACA, but legally it's it's, it's not legal. It's not constitutional um, according to the Supreme Court. So that was kind of something that was big happening um, back in, uh, I think it was late June, early July. Um, and there is, oh, just recently um, with the um, the election, a lot, a, a fair number of trans and non-binary folks, um, you know, one in, in both red and blue states, um, won a variety of different positions and I want to bring up one person in particular. Um, here we go. Um, in Oklahoma, um, uh, Maury Turner um, became the first non-binary person and the first Muslim um, to serve in a state legislature, um, to state House District 88. Um, yeah, uh, it says here, Turner is also the, as I mentioned, the first uh, Muslim lawmaker to serve in Oklahoma. So that was pretty um, amazing news that was going around. And what else do I have here? Uh, oh, uh, in, what was this? Um, late September, um, California passed um, a, I think it was a law. Let's see. Anyway, they passed um, legislation. Let's see, here it is. Um, Governor Gavin Newsom signed a law on um, requiring that California house transgender inmates in prisons according to their gender identity. Um, there are exceptions to that um, in cases of management or security concerns. So I definitely want to keep an eye on that in terms of what exactly do they understand as management or security concerns. And that could be a huge problem going forward, but we'll have to see. And then there's also, of course, the um, the problem of placing um, uh, trans men in men's facilities, and then what do you do with non-binary and intersex people who um, don't who don't necessarily um, identify as male or female um, explicitly or all of the time? Um, so I definitely want to keep an eye on that, but it's definitely progress, I would say, in terms of. Um, trans inmates being housed in California. Um, then... I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm typing this stuff up as you say it, trying to find it, get extra posting notes. I want to read this bill too. Yeah, definitely. The one about uh, California and trans inmates. Yes, and I wonder if I have the right one. Is it a SB 132 corrections? I don't know. Uh, that is a good question. It just keeps saying the law in here. I'm looking for a name. Uh, huh. 
Yeah, this is this is the live broadcasting people want. <laughs> Let's see. Da, 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 da. It looks like this might be a, an act to add sections 2605 and 2606 to the penal code relating corrections and approved by the governor September 26 and filed with the secretary of state on September 26 as well. And yeah, I am seeing, um, yeah, specific language here. Oh, it's not a very long. Okay, so this is really like to make an addition to a bill. So this, yeah, this will be an easy one to cover. It's like a page and a half. Yeah, um, so many things that have happened that have happened in the last couple months is um, a huge pillar um, in the uh, trans community unfortunately passed away. Um, her name was, uh, let's see, Monica, what's her last name? Um, Hey, not Roberts. Um, there was a woman um, who ran the blog um, Trans uh, Griot, um, G R I O T. Yeah, Monica um, Roberts. Yeah, yeah. So she passed away um, in early October, um, which, for folks who aren't aware of, of her blog, um, was a huge um, uh, place for. Um, journalism relating to trans folks of color. Um, Monica was absolutely a pioneer of of Black trans folks in journalism. Um, she ran this blog for years and years and years, um, bringing attention to uh, Black trans folks throughout history and actually played a huge role in the book. Um, what is the name of it? It's something like... Um, the, the side of blackness, the, the, what is the name of it? It is, let's see, it is, let's see, we'll do, we'll do, we'll make this happen. Hmm. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm not, I'm not seeing anything in my search results. What about... Yeah, I think it might um, might have to, like, date the search. There it is. Uh, Black on Both Sides. That's the book I was looking for. Ah. A Racial History of Trans Identity by Cameron Awkward. Uh, Cameron... Oh, uh, C. Riley Sorting. Think of different someone else. Um, but yes, wonderful book. Um, I have a copy of it myself and um, was heavily influenced by the work that, that Monica did on her blog. Um, yeah, so that was that was a huge loss for sure. Um, then, oh, there was a let's see a billboard um, saying "I heart J.K. Rowling," which folks are probably well aware of all of the transphobic nonsense that she has been putting out for the last few years. Yeah. Um, and she, someone put up a billboard in um, Vancouver um, at let's see Hastings and Glen which stated, as I said, I heart J.K. Rowling, which was explicitly placed exactly where it was to be um, directly in sight of a common, um, it was right across the street from, or pointed towards um, two indigenous community centers, 
where um, trans sex workers frequently would um, congregate. So it was it was it was particularly focused at humiliating and degrading um, indigenous trans sex workers in particular. So that was really messed up, and that happened uh, mid September. The J.K. Rowling. Now, I, I don't think that these are the exact same thing, but like mm-hmm. that um put place in that billboard right there. I, I've mm-hmm. heard um like some black folks from the South, uh, particularly uh, Gen X and um and Boomers up. I haven't heard millennials say this, but they say like when they see a Confederate flag, it's um it's like a it's it's like in and of itself an act of terrorism. Like, do you think you like draw a parallel with that? Like, seeing like that billboard, like that being put there on purpose and knowing what it means and knowing who it's targeted toward, like, would the ter- word terrorism apply there? I would say so, yeah. yeah. It's it's specifically um, targeting ind- these indigenous trans sex workers um, to, to terrorize them, to make them afraid. So, yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, we don't have any callers, so I'm going to ask questions. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I got. We have, uh, all right, more stories. And, and hell, we want to um, come back again, do this, what, once a month, every two months? Sure. Like, yeah, bring the heat. Yeah. Yeah. You have more articles there? Um, Let's see. I've got, got two more. I've got um, one that is... Um, for folks who aren't aware, um, uh, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris has a really, really bad record when it comes to trans folks and sex workers. Um, uh, from let's see, I've got an article here. It's just the um, description. It says, um, from denying affirming health care to a trans inmate to barring forums sex workers use to protect themselves, the former quote-unquote top cop, top cop, um, has a concerning record of endangering, endangering our community's most marginalized members. So, yeah, that sucks. Um, not to mention all of her um, uh, keeping um, black inmates locked up longer than they need to be, longer than, longer than their um, sentences allowed, I should say. Um, more accurate. Um, no one needs to be in jail, but anyway. Um, yeah, and then and then at the same time, um, the reason I bring this up is like at the same time, she um, she, she does this. Um, what is the word? I don't know, like kind of messed up thing, where she um, is very explicit about using um, she/her pronouns when identifying herself, which 
is darkly funny in a way because of her records with trans folks. Um, because like that's a way that trans folks have come to kind of try to try to grow awareness that not everyone's pronouns are um, uh, clear by how they present their gender. Um, and then here she comes doing these like terrible things as a prosecutor to trans folks. And she's like very gung-ho about using her pronouns because she's the first vice um, woman uh, vice president elect. So yeah, it's just like, it's, it's just darkly funny. Um, yeah. And then the last article I've got here is just, um, it's not about trans folks, but I haven't heard almost anyone talking about it. So I figured I'd bring it up here that, um, indigenous, um, voters actually swung the election in, in a few different States. And I really haven't seen anyone talking about it because they were, um, they weren't accounted for correctly because of how race is, um, understood by, by, um, by the ways that we vote. Um, but indigenous voters, because of turnout, because of um, leadership within indigenous communities, um, absolutely swung the vote for in, in Biden's favor um, in, I've heard Arizona, Wisconsin, and Michigan at the very least. So that was another thing that um, came up recently that isn't really getting the amount of attention I wish it would. Yeah. Over the Over the past two minutes, for some people that tune into this, you became a Russian bot, and then you became cool again because they're just they're just that partisan. I love it; just perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I've got. So, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think th- this is constructive. Like, cause now, of course, like you have me thinking forward and also cause like I'm missing everything. I need all the gosh darn help I can get with the mandatory seven day work weeks. I'm just in a cloud of like, I'm trying to think about climate change and clean water in Flint and in New Jersey, but then these fucking Kamala memes. And I, I always say Kamala Devi. You know, because all, I do, because like that's actually her name. But because she had to be marketed as Sister Girl Black, an episode of Living Single, like all of a sudden her Indian heritage was wiped out for the basically one drop rule worth of black that she is. And the fact that considering that most of her side from Jamaica is from the white slave ownership sugarcane owning class, she actually comes from the slave owning class. And this is who's marketed to me as bliggity black black. But now she's not as black anymore. Now she's a woman of color. Right. Yeah. It's great. It's fascinating. Yeah, and considering that she went to a, she became an AKA at that school when they were still doing the brown paper bag test. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Sister girl. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, let me uh, see here. So, like, you had this um, here. I think this was one of the first ones you brought up. Um, mm-hmm. Who's this article by? Now I'm not seeing the author's name. But it's the um, Remembering Trans Lives, Resisting, Trans Misogynoir, and Reimagining Trans Futures. Yeah, it's a great article. Yeah, who, uh, who was this writer? Anderson? Uh, yeah, uh, Jamie Anderson, um, Pedram Nasiri, 
and the GSA Gender and Sexuality Alliance Subcommittee. Did you have anything specific that you already had highlighted or that you uh, remembered from this article? Um, no in particular. It's so it starts off um, just kind of explaining what um, transitive remembrance is, and then goes into. Um, I mean, I kind of brought up a, a bunch of the points in the beginning that it covers in terms of like what um, what does it mean to memorialize um, trans folks, um, you know, needing to. Um, recognize that that um, transphobic violence is not the only thing that results in trans murders. That it's also you know racist violence, colonial like colonial violence, and um, you know other forms of, of, of horophobia and etc. Um, yeah, but I, it's probably a good thing to mention what um, trans massage noir is. Uh, that was a coined or a term coined. Um, Oh, when was it? I think it was it was fairly recent. It was like early two thousands, I think. Um, it's 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 based off of the term misogynoir, and then they added trans to it. Um, so misogynoir is um, is a form of um, it's it's the intersection between um, misogyny and anti black racism. Um, that's what misogynoir is. And then you add trans to it, and it's it's the, the intersection of, of transphobia, misogyny, and anti-black racism. Um, so that's a kind of brief description of, of what trans noir is. And it's talking the, that section of the article is talking about, yeah, how like I mentioned, how um, how uh, black, brown, indigenous trans folks or trans women in particular um, have not really benefited from queer inclusion, such as. Um, like I mentioned, same-sex marriage, um, hate crime legislation, rainbow capitalism. What are some other ones I had here? You said had... rainbow capitalism? Yeah. So there's this, um, let's see how to describe it. So rainbow capitalism is, there's there's rainbow capitalism and then there's homonationalism, which are two related things. Hmm. Um, rainbow capitalism is basically capitalism that targets um, LGBT folks as their target demographic. Um, so like marketing, um, placing uh, rainbow stickers or rainbow um, uh, flag stuff on everything and then just selling it to LGBT folks as like a new um, population to sell stuff to. Um, that's kind of what rainbow capitalism is. And then the article also talks about um, homonationalism, which is um it's when countries particularly such as um the us and in israel is really bad about this um uh advertising themselves as 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 extremely lgbt friendly to um draw attention away from nope that's pink what is it pink nationalism there's lots of related terms okay. but anyway um so there's i'm getting these terms confused now but there's Pinkwashing, that's the word I was thinking of. So there's pinkwashing, which I was mentioning. Pinkwashing is when um, countries um, advertise themselves as being like very LGBT friendly in order to draw attention away from other violences that they're committing um, or, or, or uh, violences they're committing against LGBT folks who aren't, um, for example, white, um, wealthy, um, American citizens, etc., like very privileged. Um, and then there's homonationalism, which I don't know as much about, but it also, 
is it's it's this um it's it's like a very it's it's a very normalized very normative um understanding of lgbt identity that largely came out of the um the movement for same-sex marriage um which is to say that you know it's it's very much of the mindset that we're, we're lgbt and we're just like you and that kind of um rhetoric which is to say that you know we're we're lgbt folks are are the exact same as you we're just a little bit different and and we still fit within um what is quote unquote normal um that's what homo, homo um, nationalism is or homonormativity yeah that is, that, <laughs> that is some stuff that that that's like its whole own episode like right there like just that oh, yeah. language rainbow capitalism it's one of those things when you hear it you're like Holy shit, I get it, but what's more? Yeah, yeah, like is is that is that something like like when you're when you're kicking it, bugging out with your homies, that's the kind of shit you riff about sometimes? <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's people who've written entire books about about like each of these different terms. Um like who is it? Who, uh, Jose Munoz, I think, wrote an entire book about homo nationalism. Um that I've yet to read, but I heard it's wonderful. So yeah. So these these books are are they're very dense. I tried to give like a description as much of it as I understand. Um, so I hope that helps at least a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that that's fresh. Yeah, now you really do have me like thinking forward, thinking future. Like what? Right now it's uh, ah, Jesus Christ, November eighteenth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, yeah. What if you came back mid December? then mid-January like yo these are the updates this is the whoop 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 or um or I even I made a note here like um black on both sides book club with Maddie Stump does that interest yeah. you yeah definitely I haven't read the book yet so I'd love to love to um dissect it with with some people that'd be great yeah yeah we got we got some good stuff yeah I think um oh you you comfortable wrapping up here or is there any more um no I think that about covers it all right, yeah, let's do this shit. Message me. You know how I can be on messages. Like, I, I'm, I could message back <laughs> immediately, or I got to be back on the factory floor, and I'll get you in six hours. It, it's it's ridiculous. That works for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I come home, I'm scooping cat litter, the laundry. Ah, what am I doing? You know, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm terrible with the messages, but we'll get them through, and we'll get these episodes done. I think this is dope. Yeah, fuck it. Maddie Stumps in the wine cellar. Chelsea Springler, Arid Hudson, they do Talk Fury. I I, I don't know what to call this program. We'll we'll, we'll figure something something out cool. Yeah. All right, so let me go ahead and uh, turn off the Facebook Live. Where does it stop live stream? And then podcast audio. You are wrapped up and done.